and then 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And while you're turning, while you're turning, I would like to say thank you very much to the committee of the South Central Region, uh, Brother Patton, Brother Martin, Brother Patrick, Brother Mills. Also, I saw last night Brother Johnson here, and I'm probably forgetting somebody. My apologies, but thank you very much for the invitation to preach. Um, uh, also, I would like to thank this whole body um, from all over. I was invited to preach last year, and this very week um, last year, my uh, my dear and godly mother passed away, and at the very last minute, I had to cancel. I drove to Michigan, and uh, listen, God can deliver you if you ever have to go to Michigan bring you back down south but thank you very much for the invitation to preach again this year thank you for the hospitality the basket the motel room that basket had lobster spread in it i ate that last night hallelujah thank you also to this host church to pastor spell and his family and congregation thank you for the privilege of this pulpit i count it as a privilege to brother mayo that's my uncle rick he doesn't like it when I say that, but that's why I say it. Anyway, to Brother Mayo, uh, what tremendous preaching. And to Brother Odom, I don't know whose idea it was to have him go first today. But Bishop, I know you're not in here yet. He's tending to some things. But Sister Odom is in here, and, he, and she can relate to him. He means more to me than he knows. And he has been... He has been the hand of God in my life and in my father's life and family's life, certainly in the last year, uh, on more than one occasion. And we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to my father and my family that is here, I love you. Hallelujah. All right. I feel like I got on a plane. I woke up at 2.30 Central Time yesterday, got on a plane in Flint, Michigan, and they flew me. Uh, We delivered milk all over the country dropping it off here and there, and we flew to Dallas and sat on the tarmac for two hours. And uh, so I'm, I'm bordering on exhaustion, but I feel like I've got about 45 good minutes of preaching in me today. Do you have about 45 good minutes of preaching in you? <laughs> Hallelujah. John chapter 3, verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, that's amen, amen. Truly, truly, amen, amen. Uh, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. 
Verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master, art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? First Corinthians chapter 14, read just a few verses there, and then I'll let you be seated. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 1, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Hallelujah. How many are glad you can speak unto God in an unknown tongue? For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit, everybody say in the spirit. In the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. And then lest you think that the Apostle Paul was speaking on behalf of the cessation of speaking in tongues, we'll skip down to verse 18 and he says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Hallelujah. I don't really have a sermon title. I have a subject title. This is just what I'm going to preach about today. And uh, I will be honest with you, I'm preaching from where I am and I'm assuming where all of us are uh, in life and that we are contending for the faith. And I'm going to, as a, I don't know if you consider 40 a young man or not, I consider 40 a young man. And as a young man today, I'm going to contend for the faith as earnestly as I possibly can in this pulpit today. And I'd like to preach from this subject title. I'd like to preach about speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. Can you preach with me for just a little bit about speaking in other tongues? Why don't you just lift your hands and lift your voice all over this house? I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for meeting with us. I worship you. I praise you. I adore you. I glorify your name. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, have your way in this house today. Speak to us, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Could you shout in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You can be seated. I'll ask you to keep your Bible open. This is a day service. I don't know how long we're going to preach. We'll just preach until the Holy Ghost. I guess we'll preach for about 20 or 30 minutes and we'll take the temperature. And if we're bored with it, we'll go eat. Good grief. We're in Louisiana. You can't get better food than down here. But I, if you have your Bible, I would like to, I would like to create a pool from which we can talk a foundation. And these are classic scriptures that you and I use to talk about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. You can catch up to me when you get there. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. We're beginning where the bishop ended. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's skip down to verse 7. And they, these are all of those devout Jews that had come to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, Verse 7, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Let's skip down to verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men dream dreams. And upon my servants and on my handmaids will I pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 verse 44. The apostle Peter's been preaching to Cornelius. How many of you read this before? I guarantee you every man in this house preached out of it last weekend. The apostle Peter's done preaching. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles, that's you and me, on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's how they knew they got the Holy Ghost. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they prayed and prayed they him to tarry certain days. Hallelujah. We could keep reading. We could go to Acts 19 and read it right now. I think that would suffice though just to say I am a tongue talker just like they were a tongue talker in the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the house that is a tongue talker just like they were a tongue talker in the book of Acts? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a privilege. You can be seated What a privilege to stand in the presence of God today and to feel his great hand in our midst and to know that he's come to meet with us again and to know that his spirit is manifest among us. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the Spirit of God that's in this house already today. I I thought we were going to get carried away in it just a moment ago and dance and run around this house and march around it and shout under the power of the Holy Ghost. And what a privilege to be in the church today. The church is God's last day's manifestation in the earth. Hallelujah. We are the completers of God's work in the last days. We are God's statement in the earth right now. We are God's ambassadors endowed in the inner man with a world that is yet to come but is present in our hearts already. It's sitting in this room. Hallelujah. We, you and I, my good brother, my good sister, as a part of the body of Christ, stand here not as representatives of something great in this day, but as representatives of something from a day that is yet to come. In this day, declaring the day of the Lord. 
We stand here in the last days declaring the Lord is coming. You had better get your house in order. You had better let the spirit begin to flow through you. Hallelujah. And make no mistake, my dear brother, we are in the last days. We are in the last days. Don't ever despair in your worship. Don't ever despair in your shouting. Don't ever despair in your dancing. And don't think it's just some emotional little stem winder that you're on in camp meeting. Your worship is a declaration of a day to come. Your hand clapping is a declaration of a day when every chain is going to be broken. When every bondage is going to be break, broken into pieces. Hallelujah. Don't let your praise flag. Don't let your praise fail. Your dance is not just something that you do because your emotions are high. Your dance is declaring in the prophetic that there's a day coming. Hallelujah. Your hand clap signals to the enemy that his days of rebellious rule are numbered and they are coming to a close. If you believe that, could you just clap your hands to God right now? This is not what I'm preaching, but it'll work right here. In fact, our worship is a little bit of a rebellion itself. It's a rebellion against the established order on this earth. It's a rebellion against carnality. It's a rebellion against faithlessness. It's a rebellion against perversion. It's a rebellion against pornography. It's a rebellion against homosexuality. Yeah, I know you just, you didn't think of that when you were out in the aisle dancing. You were just worshiping and praising God. But you make no mistake, brother. You make no mistake, sister. When you get out there and you dance, hell trembles. Satan quakes because your worship declares a day when Jesus Christ will rule and reign. Why don't you clap your hands with revelation in your heart right now? Why don't you shout with understanding right now? Why don't you leap with eternity in your eyes? This is what it's supposed to look like in the last days. There's supposed to be a shout coming out of the house of God. Because as we get closer to that day, there's supposed to be more worship. It's supposed to be more praise. Hallelujah. Why don't we just give God some last days worship for just a moment? Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. The word of God describes some distinctives that indicate that we're in the last days. Listen to the description of the last days and how we can know for certain that we are in the last days. Second Timothy three and one. This know also that in the last days, everybody say last days. Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Thank God for holiness preaching. Without natural affection. Truce breakers. Well, I'm going to tell you what, that King James will clean it up a little bit where we can read it. Where we can read it in public. Without natural affection. Woo. I'll let you look that one up. Without natural affection. Truce breakers. False accusers. 
incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That was just to lump in everybody that wasn't just swallowed up with carnality, but was swallowed up with religiosity. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. That's a word. That's a repentance word. From such, repent. That's what repent means. It means to turn and go in the other direction. Repent from all of that. That's the description of last days and perilous times. It sounds like today, doesn't it? That sounds like Washington, D.C. That sounds like the East Coast. That sounds like the West Coast. That sounds like the Gulf Coast. Yeah, that sounds like Louisiana. That sounds like Coleman, Alabama. That sounds like Baton Rouge. I hope it doesn't sound like anybody in this room. Hallelujah. All of these things indicate that we are in the last days. But, everybody say but. The most important sign that we're in the last days isn't those things that we just read off. It's not those things that we list just listed. The biggest indicator that we're in the last days is that people are receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives them the utterance. And that's not mine. I didn't get to make that up. That's not my opinion or the opinion of some Pentecostal organization. This isn't some mere Pentecostal itch that we're scratching. This is exactly what Scripture tells us out of the book of Acts. And the book of Joel prophesied that the Holy Ghost was going to fall in the last days. You got time for me to read it? Joel 2, 27. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed and it shall come to pass afterward, that's last days, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth blood and fire and pillar of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord Joel was telling us the sign that the last days is going to come is God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh hallelujah and when you get to Acts 2 when you get to Acts 2, the Holy Ghost is poured out. They've been tarrying in Jerusalem, waiting for the promise of the Father. And those Galileans, those northern Israelis, begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it was a language that they didn't learn. It wasn't that hill country Hebrew that they grew up speaking. But those devout Jews that had traveled from all over the world, and Acts 2 lists all of their nationalities, they heard them speak with other tongues. And they asked the question about their speaking in other tongues. What does this mean? 
It's not that the Holy Ghost was just there. They heard him speak with other tongues. And that inspired the question, what does this mean? But Peter, Acts 2 and 14, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. This is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. When you see that brother or that sister or that brand new person that walked through the doors and they've never been here before and the Holy Ghost falls all over them and they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them the utterance. You mark it down. You understand what's happening right there. That is a prophecy from a world that is yet to come. I'm going to tell you. You can be seated if you want. Stand if you want. I'm going to stand the whole time. Listen. Everything that we do. Everything that we do. Let me add. Maybe, maybe some of you know this. Let me add a little revelation if you don't. A little illumination. Everything that we do is a prophecy of a day that is not here yet. But it's in this room and it resides in the heart of every man and every woman that's been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. When you see me dress holy, when you see your brother dress holy, you're prophesying of a day when everybody's going to dress holy. You're prophesying of a day when everybody's going to live holy. Because Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign with an iron fist. And you either bow to him now or you'll bow to him in that day. But there is a holy day coming, brother. There's a holy day, sister. And it's coming. What are you doing in this house right now? I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying in the devil's face. I'm prophesying in the face of the spirit of this world. There's a holy day coming. And there's a prophecy. If you've got the Holy Ghost, I'm not calling everybody to prophesy, especially not while I'm preaching today. But you are a prophecy. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are our living, breathing, pulsating, animated prophecy. Uh, of what the king, of what this world is going to look like when the kingdoms of this world come crumbling down. Daniel said, I looked and I beheld until a stone hewn without hands came out of the rock and it smote that idol in the feet and it came crumbling down. The clay and the iron, the iron, the brass, the silver and the gold, it all came crumbling down. All of those represent the kingdoms of this world. Yeah, and so when you and I get the gift of the Holy Ghost, when did that stone smite that idol in the feet? It smote that idol in the feet at Calvary. How do we know that? Because the word of God tells us that if the princes of this world had known what they were going to do when they crucified Jesus, they wouldn't do it. If they had known they were tearing their own kingdom down. But that crucifixion was a smiting in the feet of the kingdoms of this world. 
And so you and I, when we follow him in death, burial, and resurrection, when you and I walk up Calvary's hill and we are crucified in repentance and we are buried with him in baptism and we stand up out of that water to walk with him in newness of life, we are declaring there's going to be a day when the kingdoms of this world are coming down because they just came down on the inside of me. Uh, everything that the devil controlled on the inside of me, his kingdom just came down. I love that song. Satan, your kingdom's coming down. Satan, your kingdom's coming down. I wish I could write my own verse. I heard a voice. When I came up out of the water, I heard a voice. When I was speaking in other tongues, I heard a voice. Your kingdom's coming down. I remember Brother Dwayne Ray, he'd be here with me today if I just told him, if I gave him half the opportunity to jump in the truck and come, he'd be here with me today. He'd be running the aisles. I remember the day Brother Dwayne Ray got the Holy Ghost. He got it right here in the center aisle. It was one of those free-flowing, Holy Ghost pulsating, high praise, kick your heels up, kick the sawdust up Sunday night. We shouted, we worshiped, we cried, we praised. It was one of those services that if you were jumping, it was right. If you were weeping, it was right. If you were running, it was right. And all points in between. And I'll never forget when Brother Dwayne Ray got the gift of the Holy Ghost. He got it right here in the middle aisle, about three rows back. And nobody ever laid hands on him. The Holy Ghost fell on him. It reminded me of Acts chapter 2. There wasn't any hands being laid on Brother Dwayne Ray. He fell over flat on his back, speaking in other tongues toward the ceiling as the Holy Ghost gave him the utterance. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the kingdoms of this world came down in the heart of Brother Dwayne Ray. Just a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, one of the girls who rides one of our Sunday school buses was sitting in service. Uh, all of the older kids got to sit in service with us that Sunday. And she was sitting right over here, and it was during worship service. And I noticed a commotion going on, and I didn't think anything about it uh, over here on my left-hand side. I didn't think anything about it because there's always a commotion going on in worship service. Thank God. Uh, but in worship service, I believe her name was Brenda. If not, somebody will correct me. But I think her name was Brenda. And God filled Brenda with the Holy Ghost. And she got it, speaking in other tongues. She never had a home Bible study. She never had anybody. I think that might have been her first or second time there. She was just coming to enjoy the free cookies and Kool-Aid that we give them for riding on the Sunday school bus. But God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the kingdoms of the world came down in Brenda's heart. Hallelujah. Back in January. We're going somewhere. Just stay with me. This is me and you breaking bread together here for just a minute. We're going somewhere. A few months ago, back in January, there was a lady that came to the church on a Monday morning. Man, I love it when people get the Holy Ghost on Monday morning. Uh, let me say that again. I love it when people get the Holy Ghost on Monday morning. We don't have to wait till they get on our altar on Sunday night or on midweek. And she came into the church on Monday morning. And she knocked on the door. And uh, the secretary brought her to me and she said, Pastor, she said, can I pray in your auditorium? I said, "Uh, yes, ma'am. But I knew, I knew that she wouldn't go be in there by herself because periodically throughout the day, the ladies that don't work daytime jobs, they're coming in the auditorium to pray. 
I said, yes, ma'am. You're welcome to go in there and pray. And she went in there and prayed. And uh, I had stuff to attend to. I drove off. I got a call from my wife about an hour later. She said, you're not going to believe what just happened in the auditorium just a few minutes ago. I said, try me. See if I believe it. She said, did you know such and such lady came in there to pray? I said, yeah, I opened the door for her. I let her in there. She said, well, Sister Joanne Miller went in there to pray. And then Sister so-and-so went in there to pray. And Sister so-and-so also went in there to pray. There's three ladies. I'm going to tell you, they'll team up on you. Those Pentecostal women will team up on you. And she said, she said, they got a hold of this lady that you let in. And they prayed her through till she was talking in other tongues. She never walked into, she never even heard a sermon. But that's how powerful the Holy Ghost is. And she prayed through till she was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave her the utterance. And on a Monday morning, we baptized her. And she's faithful to church right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. We're going somewhere. I just want us to dwell on this for just a minute. We are tongue talkers. We're not afraid of talking in tongues. My wife just won a couple of ladies. A few months ago, she won them on a shopping trip. My wife likes to go and save us money at all these different department stores. And uh, shopping for Jesus, you know. It's, if you win souls, it's like paying tithe, I guess, when you go shopping. Anyway, careful there. It's not. But uh, so my wife was shopping for Jesus. And she went in. And there was this lady. Uh, you know what I'm I love Holy Ghost Radio, but they might be listening to it right now. And uh, so these ladies came from a background and a lifestyle that we won't describe in church. There's a couple of them. And, uh, and, uh, and Sunday morning, we got up and preached, and they made it to the altar. But they didn't make it past about right there before the Holy Ghost fell on them. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I think we ought to give God some praise right there. You might not have come out of that lifestyle, but the kingdoms of this world came down in your heart. It was alcohol that God ran out of your life. It was, it was cocaine that God ran out. Yeah, yeah. And it happened to me this morning. It happened to me this morning. I was still laying in the bed. 
because that air conditioner was working good. I was under those covers. But it happened to me this morning at about 6.45 when the Holy Ghost came in. I'd been laying in bed praying at about 6.45 and the Holy Ghost fell on me and I thank God again that I prayed until I was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave me the utterance this morning. Did it happen for you yet today? Brother, did it happen for you yet today? Have you prayed till you've been talking in tongues yet today? You know what I think we ought to do all over this house, whether you're standing, whether you're in your seat. I think you ought to just lift your hands. And as the Spirit gives you the utterance, as the Spirit gives you the utterance, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's love him for just a moment. Hallelujah. 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 I'm jumping ahead here. I'm jumping ahead here. But it should give you cause to worry if you haven't prayed till you've spoken in tongues in a while. Mm -hmm. If a Pentecostal, if an apostolic doesn't speak in tongues... Well, first of all, you have to question whether or not you're still an apostolic. But let's just speak for just a moment and not have to qualify everything. If a Pentecostal doesn't speak in tongues, this becomes a really hard life to live. I can't explain the connection, but speaking in tongues helps you pay your tithe. I don't know how it happens, but you let a man or you let a woman pray through in the Holy Ghost and somehow they're able to pay their tithe a little bit better. I I don't know how it all works. I don't understand the connection, but speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance helps you live holy. I'll tell you why. It's because the first thing that's got to be holy is something on the inside of you. The outside of you, it doesn't matter if you've got it washed. It doesn't matter if you've got it dressed right. If you don't have something holy on the inside of you, you're just not holy yet. And the first way we know you're holy is it comes out of your mouth. That most unruly member of your body begins to speak a holy language as the Spirit gives it the utterance. Praying in other tongues is somehow connected to having a teachable spirit. Somehow praying in other tongues changes the character of a man, changes the character of a woman. I've got just enough to say it this way out of the word of God. But other than that, I can't really explain it. But praying in other tongues is the Holy Ghost words. It's not my words. It's my body yielded to the Holy Ghost. It's my tongue yielded to the Holy Ghost. And I'm speaking as the Holy Ghost would have me to speak. It's no longer my words, but it's his words. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, let me get a little close here. We're still not where we're going yet. We're just laying the foundation for where we're going. I'm not talking about this little chatty eye, chatty eye that you can do as you trip down the steps. I'm talking about, uh, I'm not talking about carnal. Oh, let me just tell you, if the devil can't get you to sin in the flesh, he'll get you to pray in the flesh. He'll get you to go through your prayer room. He'll get you to go through some ritual just because this is what I do from 7 to 8 in the morning. Oh no, we can't afford to pray carnal prayers anymore. We've got to pray in the Holy Ghost. We've got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about praying in other tongues when it comes from way down deep. Mm -hmm. You can be seated if you want. Anointed speech. In specific, 
speaking in tongues is the natural result of being in the Holy Ghost. It is what happens naturally. I'm not sneaking up on you with anything today. Speaking in other tongues is the natural result of being in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You never, you never, uh, as Pentecostals, I, I used to work with a bunch of people. Well, they were not Pentecostals. They were another. And they talked about having their, this is what they called it. They talked about having their quiet time with Jesus. I'd never heard of that because my daddy never had quiet time with Jesus. My mama never had quiet time with Jesus. When we were with Jesus, there wasn't nothing quiet about it. Uh, we might not have been running the aisles, but we were talking to him and he was talking to us. Being in the Holy Ghost is never a silent thing. Never a silent thing. The first thing that the Spirit always does is it inspires anointed speech. The Holy Ghost inspires anointed speech. Hallelujah. And speaking in tongues is the natural expression of being in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I have three children, beautiful children. They all belong to God. Uh, their mama and I gave us, gave all three of them back to them uh, within just a few days of their being born. We dedicated them to God. In fact, we did it even before they were born. Uh, I have three beautiful children, all of which have received the gift of the Holy Ghost before they were seven years of age. I've had the privilege of baptizing all three of them in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. I was there when Noah got the Holy Ghost. I was traveling when John David got it and when Grace Ann got it. Noah got the Holy Ghost in the altar and John David and Grace Ann got the Holy Ghost in the prayer closet at home. Mama prayed them through at home. But I want to tell you, all three of my children, for none of them did we ever stop and say, Noah, you listen to daddy. This is how you speak in tongues. We never took little John David to a glossolalia class. We never took Grace Anna aside and said, baby, when you feel something funny hit your tongue, this is what you say. This is what you do. We have never, in fact, outside of the preaching that their daddy and their uncle and their papa's done in the pulpit, that outside of that, we've never emphasized speaking in other tongues in terms of sit down and let's talk about it, buddy. All they've heard it was across this pulpit. But I'm telling you, every one of them, before they were seven years old, before they were old enough to know how to fake it, every one of them got the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Because it's the natural state that the Holy Ghost puts you in. Am I preaching to anybody in this house right now? Knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll never forget Carrie. Carrie came to church had never even heard this message preached before. It was his first time. And he said about, he said about three quarters of the way forward over on this hand, over on my right hand side, if you're behind the pulpit and the preaching of the word of God was going on. And there was, it was a good, it was a good working relationship between the preacher and the church. Uh, praise God for that. Uh, we'd get up and preach and the church would throw it back. Amen. That's what we believe. We'd get up, we'd preach Acts 2. Amen. The church is with you. And the Holy Ghost fell all over Carrie. He was, he was shaved, bald headed and had a, had some uh, goatee. And he, and the Holy Ghost fell all over Carrie sitting right back about right here and right in the middle of the preaching on that Sunday morning. Carrie couldn't help it, but he ran to the altar and dad looked at me and he said, you keep preaching. And dad and a couple other men prayed Carrie through to the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of what we read in Acts chapter 10. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. 
and they received the Holy Ghost. And the way they knew they received the Holy Ghost is because they heard them speak in other tongues. This is why I emphatically believe that when you get the Holy Ghost, you will speak with new tongues. Oh, when you get the Holy Ghost, you have the power to pray every single day until you're speaking in an unknown tongue as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Oh, it's a little bit like a Dr. Seuss book. You can speak in tongues on a plane. You can speak in tongues in pain. You can speak in tongues on a train. You can speak in tongues at dinner because we've done it. You can speak in tongues driving down the road because we've done it. You can speak in tongues when you're afraid you're going to die because we've done it. You can speak in tongues when you're praying. You can, I'm telling you, if you've got the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can speak in tongues in any setting, anywhere, as the Spirit gives you utterance. Oh, my dear friends, I'm hurrying. My dear friends, don't be shy with your praying in tongues. Oh, you're praying in tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Uh, you're praying in tongues. You're prophesying. I didn't say it. Joel said it. It's not my sermon. It was Peter's sermon. Oh, Peter said, they're not drunk as you suppose. This is just the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons, I'm, I'm jumping, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your speaking in tongues is the first indication that you're part of a prophetic body. Your speaking in tongues is the first indication that you've left the citizenship of this world. And you are now part of the citizenship of another world. Hallelujah. Is it okay if we move just a little bit deeper? Hallelujah. You can be seated. Let's move out just a little bit deeper. Praying in other tongues is not merely for salvation. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Being able to get a hold of God. Really praying is the privilege of God's children. Praying in the Holy Ghost is the privilege of kingdom people. In prayer is where we are most powerful. I thank God for apostolic preaching. I would never tear it down at all. I thank you for thank God for the preaching we've heard today. But the most important thing isn't what's happening right now while you're listening to me. The most important thing is what happens when you run to this altar today. Our prayer is when we are the most powerful. I'm, I'm, I'm going as quick as I can. I know we've been here for a while. Our prayers are a part of God's judgment on the kingdoms of this world, even in the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. One of these days, the book of Revelation tells us that there's an angel that's going to step forward with a vial, with a container, and he's going to pour that container onto the earth as judgment. And the container that he's going to pour out is filled with the prayers of the saints. I believe that every prayer that you pray is collected. Every prayer that you pray in the Holy Ghost is collected. 
And there's going to be a day when everything that gave you a problem in your city, every spirit that rose up against you in your church, every little deal that thought it was going to ravage your health, everything that thought it was going to break you down mentally, everything that thought it was going to break you down spiritually and make mincemeat out of you, God's going to say, I collected every prayer that that man prayed. I collected every prayer that that woman prayed. Take that, devil. Take that, you forces of hell. Take that, you spirit of Antichrist. I'm hurrying, but when we pray is when we are the most powerful. Further, when we pray in tongues, we are praying perfect prayers. When we pray in other tongues, we are praying perfect prayers. You know what? Sometimes I go to prayer. I walk up and down in that auditorium, and uh, I go in there to pray, and I'm at a loss because there's a crisis, or there's a problem, or there's a something that we're praying for, there's a desire, there's a longing, or I may just be praying for revival, but I go in there and I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. I know what to pray about, but I don't know how to pray about it. I don't know how to pray about this situation. I'm telling you right now, there's a situation in our church that I used to walk by every day when it was just me in there. I'd wait till everybody was out of that auditorium and it was just me and I'd go in there and I'd walk in this particular area. I, I don't, look, you can think this is goofy if you want to. I walk in there, I've got this little deal. It changes my mind. It changes my demeanor. I walk in there and I lay my Bible down in a certain place and I get my notepad out and my pen because God's going to speak to me. I fully expect it and I just lay that there and I'm ready for him. And the next thing I do is I take my shoes off. You can think I'm weird if you want. I am weird. That's okay. And I take my shoes off right there. And because to me, I'm, I'm saying, oh, I'm going to take my shoes off because I'm going to be walking on holy ground here for a minute. i got to do something to get my carnality to say, hey, listen, bub, you're not in charge right now. You're not going to be in charge for the rest of this day. We're giving this day to God right now. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And so I'd walk around, and there's two or three places, and it's happening. I'm telling you, it's happening. Some of the most profound miracles aren't the healing of a broken arm or a broken back or arthritis or cancer, but there's some internal miracles that I've seen God do in the last year and a half that have blown my mind. Is anybody can testify to what I'm talking about right there? There's miracles that are sitting on my pew right now that don't have to be sitting in there, but the Holy Ghost did it. It was the Holy Ghost that opened that door. And it takes me a good 45 minutes. Probably you're more spiritual than that. It takes me a good 45 minutes. A good hour of praying. Until I've finally gotten past me. It takes me a good little while. To finally get past me. Where the Holy Ghost can pray through me. I tell the young guys in our church. We'll go in the prayer room before service or on prayer night. And if we're not careful, it sounds like we're praying with three or four marbles in our mouth. A bumblebee in our mouth or something. Anyway, hey, you got to pray out loud. It's part of taking your flesh by the nape of the neck. You got to take your hand. You got to take your feet. You got to take your mouth. No, I'm going to pray out loud. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I bless your name. Oh, you're miraculous, God. Oh, you're great. And it takes a good 30, 40, 45 minutes until finally I've gotten past my old stinking carnal flesh. And the Holy Ghost can finally begin to pray through me. And once you get to that point, that's when you start...
Once you get to that point, that's when you start walking around and laying hands on brother so-and-so's chair. God, you know what's going on with this young man right here. You know what he's facing. You know what he's fighting. God, I pray right now that you help him make a better decision. I pray right now that your hand would lead him and guide him. God, touch this marriage right here. I'm preaching to somebody right there. You get to where you're praying in the Holy Ghost. God's going to do a miracle in your church. God's going to do a miracle in your ministry. God's going to do a miracle in your life. And I have to pray. I have to pray until I'm in the Holy Ghost. I, I can't pray those carnal. You can't pray those carnal. We have to pray until we're in the Holy Ghost. Uh, is this all right? Am I going a little too long? You have to pray till you're in the Holy Ghost. You can't get anything done till you're praying in the Holy Ghost. If you let me tie the subject, you can't get anything done till you've been talking in tongues for a little while. You can't get anything done till you're out past your flesh. You can't get anything done until you're not speaking carnal things. Even if you're talking about God, you can be as carnal as Monday afternoon. But you've got to pray until you're talking in other tongues and the Spirit's praying through you. But I go in there sometimes and I don't know what to pray. That's why I've got to pray till I get in the spirit. I, I, I don't know what to pray. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to pray. But this is what the Apostle Paul talked about this. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, you don't have to know what to pray. You don't have to know what to pray when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost prays perfect. I said the Holy Ghost prays perfect. The Holy Ghost never misses it. The Holy Ghost hits it right on the peg every single time. The Holy Ghost drives the point home. Boom. It lands the punch perfect every time. It it incises every time. Where you and I are clunky, where you and I are ham-fisted, the Holy Ghost is able to perform perfect surgery. It can cut in there. Yeah, yeah. It can get in there where you and I can't get. It can break down walls that you and I can't even touch. The Holy Ghost can do in 10 seconds what you and I can't do in 10 years. This is what Romans 8, 26 says. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for. We don't know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit makes intercession. When you can't get the job done, brother, the Holy Ghost can get the job done. Pray in the Holy Ghost. When you can't get the job done, sister, pray until you're talking in tongues. The Holy Ghost could get the job done. It's in here right now. It's in here right now. You may not know what you're going to go home and do about this situation or that, but the Holy Ghost is in here right now. It's already spoken to you in this service when the bishop was preaching, and it's speaking to you right now. The Holy Ghost has already got the answer. The Holy Ghost has already got the key. The Holy Ghost already knows how to open that door. He just can't do it until you pray about it. I heard one man say it this way. He said, God is so anxious. 
He is so ready to pour things out, to operate, to do things. He said, but he can't do it until you pray about it. Otherwise, you think you did it yourself. Otherwise, you think you were able to, you were talented enough to get it done. Otherwise, you would think you had enough ingenuity to get it done. But he's waiting on you and I to pray in the Holy Ghost, to pray till we're talking in tongues. Well, it's not our words, but it's his words. And it's his work getting the job done. Come on, I think we ought to clap our hands. Let's love him. It was sometime, it was sometime in the late 1930s, early 1940s. This is, I'm, I'm relaying this as, as I've heard it. And uh, so this can be corrected. It was sometime in the late eight, 1930s, early 1940s. My great grandfather, Noah Wilbanks, uh, pastored a little church in east central Arkansas, up around Jonesboro area, between Jonesboro and Memphis in that area. And. Uh, he, I, I never heard him preach. I don't know if he could preach or not. But apparently he could pray. And uh, he took abuse for the gospel's sake and all of that. That's, that's another deal another day. But he had his church, had his little church, Brother Spell, fasting and praying for revival. And, uh, and fasting and praying. And, and maybe they were meeting at the church. I, I don't know. But he had them fasting and praying for revival. There was a group of... Uh, the number that I heard was anywhere from 25 to 30 Hispanic migrants that were, this is Arkansas in, in the uh, 1930s, 1940s. And uh, there was a large group of Hispanic migrants and they were there working the crop fields, cotton, rice. And, uh, and they came to church one Sunday. And uh, if I'm understanding it correctly, there was only one man among them that could speak English and he did everybody's business. And that's, that's my understanding. And I can be corrected. My dad's here. And, and uh, my grandpa Noah Wilbanks got up and was preaching. And none of those men, Brother Spell, could understand a word. He would get up and he would preach. <laughs> he'd preach under the power of the Holy Ghost. And nobody could understand a word that he was saying. And he'd just preach on, preach on. And finally he got to the end and none of those, none of those Hispanic migrant workers could understand a word. But there was a little woman sitting over here on the side. Had a little Pentecostal bun wadded up on the top of her head. And at the altar service she stood up and began to speak in other tongues. She stood up and as the Spirit gave her utterance, she began to speak. And I'm telling you, sometimes you don't know what to do. Sometimes your preaching can't reach it. Sometimes your little efforts can't reach it. Your home Bible study can't crack it, uh, that wall down. Nothing that you do. No effort that you can. But I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost can do it. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost can do it. And this little lady sitting over here, wherever she was sitting, had a little, maybe a little Pentecostal hairdo, dressed right. She began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave her utterance. And every one of those Hispanic workers' heads snapped around. You don't have to believe this if you don't want to. I'm just telling you, they fill up a cemetery in that little part of Arkansas. And every one of those men got up when that woman got done speaking in tongues and ran to the altar. And that grandfather of mine that couldn't speak a word of Spanish prayed every one of them through to the gift of the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gave them utterance.
This is as sharp as I'm going to get in this sermon today. This is as sharp as I'm going to get. I'm telling you the reason we don't have everything that we preach about is not because we're not preaching about it. It's because we're not praying about it in the Holy Ghost. The reason we don't have the revival that we preach about is not because we don't have the faith to say it. It's because we don't have the faith to pray it in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you when that's going to change is when churches go back. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to be here praying in the Holy Ghost until God breaks through for me Come on, let's love the Lord all over this house one more time. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody said amen. Praying in other tongues edifies yourself. This was in our text, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Edification edifieth himself. Uh, I do my best not to preach like the professor that I was accused of being last night. I do my best to just preach like an old whatever. But that word edification comes from the Greek word oikodomeo. Oikos. Oiko house. Household. Oikos. Oikodomeo. Oikos. If, you, if you're making a European uh, oikia. If you're making a European home goods store, you call it Ikea. Oikia. It comes from that. Domio. Oikodomeo. Domain. Talking about a roof. He that speaketh in unknown tongue. Oikodomeo. He puts a roof over his head. (laughs) He that speaketh in unknown tongue. Oikodomeo. Builds a house with a roof on it. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Makes a dwelling place to live in. The way it's translated, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue builds himself up. When you hear me speaking in other tongues, first thing in the morning, what are you doing today? I'm building me a place to dwell today. I'm building this wall up right here because my speaking in other tongues gives a roof over my head where the enemy can't come in. It gives me walls where unholiness, unholy things can't. It's a holy wall. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. It's a holy wall. When you hear me speaking in other tongues, I'm giving myself a place to dwell. I'm building myself up. I'm edifying myself. <laughs> speaking in other tongues provides a dwelling place. It provides a dwelling place where you and God dwell for the day. Yeah. It, it, being in the Holy Ghost. You can be seated. We're almost done. We're almost done. Tiff, I love you. It's good to see you. Being in the Holy Ghost is that thing that helps us have church. I'm going to tell you, we don't want to have church where there's no one praying in the Holy Ghost. We've already read in our text the emphasis that Paul placed on speaking in other tongues. 1480 said, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than you all. 
I'm going to tell you, the Apostle Paul fully expected. We don't have time to get into all of the classic stuff. The Apostle Paul fully expected that every single church service would be in the Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul fully expected. In fact, just one example. When you read the book of Ephesians, uh, brother, I'm, I'm almost positive that in the book of Ephesians, the organ's playing the whole time. I'm almost positive. There's no less than four songs in the book of Ephesians. The first 14 verses of the book of Ephesians is a song. They all end, each refrain ends with the line, for, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. It's all, there's at least four, at least four. There's at least three different times. I think this, I think this, I'm going to say this very careful, okay? I, I feel stronger about it than this, but I'm going to say I think. I think that when you read in the book of Ephesians, you're reading the Apostle Paul's idea of what church service was supposed to look like. We're going to come in here, and we're going to sing a little bit. Yeah. And then we're going to pray a little bit, and we're going to get in the Holy Ghost. And then I'm going to preach, and then we're going to sing, and then we're going to pray, and then I'm going to give you some practical application, and we're going to go home. That's in there. But this is, this is how that, this is, he's, but the Apostle Paul is letting you know, no, 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 no. We're not going to preach until we get in the Holy Ghost. We're going we're gonna to sing until we get in the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray until we get in the Holy Ghost. And if I have to take a long time and talk to you about you being seated in heavenly places, we're not going to have church until you come up from down there and get up here in heavenly places. And the Apostle Paul fully expected that when you leave, that you remain in the Holy Ghost. He fully expected, sister, that when you, brother, when you and I walk out of this house, that we fully remain in the Holy Ghost. He fully expected it. In fact, he gave us language. He gave us ideas. He gave us a concept to put on the inside of us to be sure that we did it. He said, speak to yourselves, not just in Ephesians, but to the Colossians. Speak to yourselves in Psalms, hymns. Understand how it is in English. It says spiritual songs. But the import is, speak to yourself in spirit songs. Oh, this is another time for another day. Let me just touch it. One of the ways, brother, one of the ways that doctrine was carried along because the Apostle Paul and Peter and James and John, all of those men preached before everybody had one of these in their hand. And the way they carried true doctrine along was they sang about it. One God, one God, one God is sufficient for me, for me. That's not one of their songs. That's just one. That's just how we carry it along. One of the ways they carried true orthodox doctrine along was they sang about it. God was manifest in the flesh and justified in the spirit. They would sing about it everywhere that they went. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And the concept is this. It doesn't matter if you can quote it chapter and verse. It's got to be in the spirit for it to be retained. You've got to sing spiritual songs if you're going to retain it. You've got to sing in the Holy Ghost. You've got to pray in the Holy Ghost if this doctrine's going to survive. If you and I are going to remain where we're going to be. If you and I are going to remain what the man of God preached about today. We've got to pray in the spirit. We've got to sing in the spirit. We've got to have church in the spirit. If you feel what I'm preaching about right there, I think you ought to give God some praise like he's worthy. You don't have to get up and run right now, but if you feel what I'm preaching, if you understand what I'm preaching, you ought to give God some praise right there.
Uh, yeah, that's what Paul was saying. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to preach to you about one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, but you're going to be in the Holy Ghost before I preach it. I'm not going to get up here and beat my head against the wall and waste good word of God by telling you there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism until you get in the Holy Ghost. In fact, we're going to pray until we get to the place at the end of our prayer that the only thing left to say is that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we're able to ask or seek. But you can't do that in your carnal flesh. You've got to pray in the Spirit until you get there. You've got to sing in the Holy Ghost until you get there. Come on, let's clap our hands to him again. I'm coming to a close. Why would I preach directly about speaking in other tongues today? One of them is because I still think I'm a young man. And because I think, I think a young man ought to walk up to this stuff. Thank God for Bishop preaching to us today and other men like him. But it's important how we finish Bishop, it's important how we start, it's important how we finish, and it's important how we maintain in between times. And so I thought it was important. I felt that it was important that as a young man, that that a young man would get up here and preach it as strong as he could possibly preach it. We're tongue talkers, and we're going to be tongue talkers until the day Jesus comes back. Why would you get up and preach about speaking in other tongues, especially to a church like this? I know what your pastor preaches. I heard him preach a couple years ago. Man, that was one of the most. I started to go buy me an old television set and a sledgehammer. Why would you get up at a church like this and preach about speaking in other tongues? You can be seated. We're almost done, but just sit down for a minute. I'm about worn out. I'll, I'll give it to you in just a minute. I'm about worn out. <laughs> you can have it. I'm almost done. This is why. I was sitting in a booth with a fellow student, a classmate of mine a few months ago, last year in fact. And uh, I won't tell you his name. Uh, and he's a very nice man, very agreeable He's not from among us. We're just in class together. And we were talking about salvation and what it takes to be saved. Sitting in a booth eating nachos. And I said, just through the course of it, we were talking about salvation. And they knew, they know, uh, Jeremy thinks that you got to be saved because you repent and are baptized in Jesus' name. And that you got to receive. Jeremy thinks you got to speak in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. Yes, I do. You better believe it. I don't know if you can say bet your bippy here, but I'm going to say it. You can bet your bippy that's what I believe. And he said, so over the course of this meal, it's just him and I and a Mennonite guy. Boy, what a, what a meal that was. I did most of the talking. I wasn't interested in listening that day. 
we came around to talking in other tongues and what role does that play in salvation? And just as a matter of course, I asked my friend, I said, well, and he goes to a large church. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, how many people in your denomination, he's, he's, he moves around a lot. I said, how many people in your denomination would you say actually receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? And he said, in his large church, this was an organization that used to pride itself on their tongue talking. And in their church, which is a large church, he said, we probably have less than five a year. Now, he said, we have hundreds of them. Understand what I'm saying. We have hundreds of them that get saved. I said, but how many of them get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues? He said, we probably have less than five a year. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you why I'm preaching that here. Every chance I get, I preach this to young men. I preach this to young people. And I'm preaching it to this camp meeting today. I said in the same class, and listen to them. Listen to them debate. There was 30 or 40 of them in this class. I listened to them debate. It was debate. It got hot. They got hot around the collar, mad at one another, debating on whether or not they should allow tongues and interpretation on Sunday mornings. I'm not making this up. This isn't hearsay. I sat there and heard it myself. I heard them debate whether or not we should allow people to speak or to give tongues and interpretation on Sunday morning. Or whether or not that should be reserved for Sunday night when there's not as many visitors to scare or offend. That's why I'm preaching about speaking in other tongues at a camp meeting in the South Central region of the WPF 2019. Because I'm telling you right now, that group never intended to let go of it. They never intended to let go of speaking in other tongues. But I'm going to tell you, listen to me, I laughed. While I sat in there and listened to them debate this, I chuckled to myself. I said, oh, uh, yeah, that'll never happen in my group. Until two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when you and I were in North Carolina, and I heard somebody say, no, they're already talking about it in such and such church group, and it's like us, and they're talking about whether or not you have to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. That's why I'm preaching it at this camp meeting 2019. Because all it would take, we wouldn't even have to, we wouldn't have to get up and decry it. We wouldn't have to get up and say we no longer believe. All it would take is just silence on the issue. All it would take was just you and I being quiet. All it would take, and in a generation or two, it would peter away. It would just be like sands through the hourglass, and we'd never see it. And our kids wouldn't know what it would be like to roll in the altar and speak in other tongues with tears running down their face, getting lost in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, it affects everything that we are. I'm telling you, it affects everything that we are. I got my call to preach while I was talking in other tongues. I guarantee you, you got your call to preach while you were talking in other tongues. I'm going to tell you the reason Pentecostal marriages are successful. It's because we know how to pray until we're talking in other tongues. Talking in other tongues isn't just about being saved. It's about letting the Holy Ghost speak in your marriage. It's about letting the Holy Ghost speak in your ministry. And all we'd have to do is not preach it. All we'd have to do is be silent. 
and it would go away. But you hear me. You hear this chubby preacher from Alabama. I'm going to be preaching it. And there's two little boys and a little girl. I don't know if they're ever going to answer the call to preach. But they're going to hear it from their daddy. I know they're going to hear it from their uncle. They're going to hear it from their papa. They're going to hear it wherever I take them. We're a tongue-talking, apostolic, praying in the Holy Ghost. Church. You know what I think we ought to do right now? The Holy Ghost is in here. The Holy Ghost is in here. I think you ought to just lift your hands right now all over this house. And if the Holy Ghost is on you, I think you ought to pray as it gives you utterance. If you're not, I think you need to repent until your heart is clean and the Holy Ghost is willing to flow through your vessel again. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let me speak to some young preacher. Let me speak to young, some young preacher. Before you get up and you speak under the unction of the Holy Ghost behind some desk, you better speak under the unction of some, of the Holy Ghost while you got your face buried in the prayer room closet, in the prayer room carpet somewhere. You better find you a place, get you a pillow and kneel down on it and learn how to speak under the unction of the Holy Ghost while you're in there. Let the words of the Holy Ghost come flowing out of you in a prayer room before it comes flowing out of you behind the pulpit. Hold on. In just a minute, we're going to... I'm closing with this right here. We're going to make this place erupt with prayer and with praise. In just a minute. I'm going to tell you this. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues is everything that we are. That's where everything starts. I don't care how you dress. If you don't know how to pray in the Holy Ghost, I, it doesn't even matter. It's filthy rags anyway. That's right. This is where it all gets started. Head. It was just me and a, uh, well, it was a professor. And it was just me and him. And he, we had talked about it. He walked up to me and he said, there was a couple other... Brother, Brother Jesse Galindo and Brother Tim Merritt. And I, don't, I thought I'd see Brother Merritt today and maybe he's coming tonight. I don't know. Whatever. And we all sat in the class and he said, you guys keep calling yourself apostolic. He said, y'all handle snakes? I said, nope. <laughs> y'all might handle snakes. I ain't handling snakes with you. I can have yours. He said, uh, you don't handle snakes. That must mean that you're oneness. You got that right. We're oneness. Later in the class, later in the class, he said, there was no other way. This is in front of 
30 or 40 of that group. He said, there was no other way. This wasn't me. He said it. There was no other way that they ever baptized in the New Testament other than in the name of Jesus. I didn't. He said it. It was him. But there was three apostolic men that were about to slide under the table going, oh, we still baptize in Jesus' name. So later in the class, everybody goes to break, and I'm the last. I mean, it, I, was either, I was either the first one back or the last one to leave, something like that. It was just me and him. And he said, so, Reverend Woolwick, he said, Tell me about your doctrine of salvation because he knew that we believe that you have to get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Tell me where you get your doctrine of salvation. And I could tell that he's ready, Pastor. I could tell that he's ready. He's ready to swat it out. Give me Acts 2. You're ready to quote Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. I know what you I know about you. I said, well, where we get our doctrine of salvation that everybody has to get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues is John 3. He said, Explain. And this guy, English, he was on the translation committee for the English Standard Version. Way up there. I said, well, I said, you know better than me. I said, and in John 3, I said, I think it's unique that in John 3, it's the only place where pneumatos, it's spirit, where pneumatos is translated wind and not spirit. There's one other time. There's one other time in the book of Acts, and, but it's obvious that it's talking about wind. It's talking about the wind moving a ship. It's the only obvious place. Every other place where it's even debatable, whether it's the wind or the spirit, they always translate it spirit. I said, don't you think that's funny? That the only place in the New Testament, besides that spot in Acts where it's talking about the wind moving, the the only place where pneumatos is translated wind and not spirit is right there. He said, what do you mean? I said, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, the spirit bloweth, moves where it wants. The wind bloweth where it listeth is how it says it in your King James. The spirit moves where it wants to move. And you hear the sound, the phone, the voice. Every, play, every time, that's translated. Most of the time when phone is translated, it's translated voice, meaning speech. I said every time that phone is translated, is trans- oh, excuse me, every time that pneumatos is translated, it's translated spirit. He said, okay, what's your full statement? I said, Jesus said to Nicodemus, the spirit moves where it wants, and you hear the sound thereof. So it is with everyone that is born of the spirit. You're going to hear the voice. You're going to hear the phone. You're going to hear the language, the speech of it. Uh, Jesus said, to Nicodemus, he said, in verse 10, he said, Art thou a ruler of Israel? And yet you don't know these things? That's what he's talking about. He's chiding the man. This man's a Pharisee. But Jesus was raised around Pharisees. Jesus is actually telling this man, Hold on. I'm better at this than you are. You mean to tell me that you're a master of Israel and you don't know this? Because when you get to Acts chapter 2 and that Holy Ghost falls, Jesus is chiding him and we know it. We know it. He's needling him like a Pharisee could needle another unlearned Pharisee. Like a teacher could needle a student. You mean you don't know this? What have you been reading? What have you been studying? Have you been studying? Come on. 
Now, Jesus was nicer than that. But he's needling him when he talks about wind, when he talks about speech, and his, his, the imagery that he's going back to is all the way back to Mount Sinai when God gave the law to Moses. It's translated in Exodus and Deuteronomy, thunderings. That's what it says in your King James. But it's voice. Here's the thing. I'm just telling you what they say. I'm just telling you what that Pharisee would have known. In one it says voice. In the other it's plural. It says voices. One of them, I think it's Deuteronomy that says voices. Exodus it says voice. In Deuteronomy it says voices. You want to know what they knew? What, you want to know what they believe? What those Jewish people believe? And they maintain it to this day? You want to know what they maintain to this day? That when God gave the law, he gave it in one statement. It wasn't ten statements. And he gave it in 70 languages at once. I'm, I'm, telling you what they, I'm telling you what they maintain to this day. You can read that. So that when you hear them talking about, no, you, no, 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 don't you think, don't you think that dishonoring your, your parents is at one level and adultery is at another? Ooh, that's really bad. No, no. He said, he said it all at once. One is like the other. He said it all at once. And this is how that rabbinical literature talks about it. He said it with a voice that can't be uttered. And he's chiding this Pharisee. And he's using language that that Pharisee would have understood. No, no, you understand what's going on here. I'm going to tell you how some of them talk about it. They talk about that fire that came down on top of that mountain while God was doing all of this. And it said that word fire, some of those, some of those intertestamental, that goofy literature that Bishop was talking about last night. Some of those intertestamental Jews, they talk about it. That fire became a dialect. That when God spoke on that mountain... That the fire became speech. So that when they were writing in Greek, it was phone. That's how they understood it. And I, I'm, I'm, I can't, there's no way for me to prove this, but I'm almost positive that when Jesus looks at Nicodemus and he says, so you think you're a ruler of Israel and you don't understand that? Nicodemus, you better understand something, Bubba. There's a day coming when everybody's going to be speaking with the language of the Spirit. And you should have known that. You should be anticipating it as a ruler of Israel. It's going to come and they're going to speak it. And so when the day of Pentecost, we read it at the very beginning, and I, I'm sorry for preaching so long. This is just where I wanted to get today. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, just like it did back on that day. Woo! The imagery is unmistakable. The imagery is unmistakable. It was the exact day in the Old Testament when God gave the law as it was on the day of Pentecost when God gave the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. If we can believe what they've written down and what they've maintained, God, when he said, be ye holy, for I am holy, he said it in a manifestation that sounded a lot like tongues on the day of Pentecost. And so he's chiding this man. You mean you don't know all of this? And so I said to my professor, oh, oh yeah. Everybody's got to get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, there's more here than I could preach. I'm folding my notes up right now. I've already been preaching too long. But that same Holy Ghost is in this house right now. 
That same ability to speak with fire is in this house right now. That same ability to speak with the wind of the Spirit is in this house right now. And it's not just the way that you're saved. It's the way that you maintain your holiness. It's the way that you maintain your teachable spirit. It's the way that you maintain revival. It's the way. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You do it from the Holy Ghost. And it's in here. And there's miracles in this room. There's miracles in this room. If you can talk in other tongues, that's miracle enough. But I'm just telling you, that is the explosion. That's the seedbed for every miracle. You and I get in the Holy Ghost and we begin to pray about it. And God begins to work on our behalf. And God begins to get things done in a city. Oh, I think we ought to just lift our hands and let's love him. Come on, let's love him all over this house. Hallelujah. Musicians, would you come? Kishondo Hallelujah. All right. The Holy Ghost is in here. And it wants to get some things done. I don't know what needs to happen in here. I'm not even going to pretend. But it's in here to do something right now. It can change the complexion of this whole camp meeting in an instant. So that when things, so when the man of God begins to preach tonight, even before he begins to preach, things can begin to manifest and explode all over this house. Because you and I got in the Holy Ghost right now, today. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's revival waiting on you when you get back home to Mississippi. There's revival waiting on you when you get back home to your town here in Louisiana and in Alabama. There's revival waiting on you in Texas. Wherever you pastor, wherever you pastor, there's revival. But this is where it starts. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to just lift your hands all over this house. And I wonder, I know we're, I know this is a little different pace, but I want you to just open your mouth and just begin to pray until the Holy Ghost begins to give you utterance. Pray until the Holy Ghost gives you utterance. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. community.